Hello and welcome to day three of the TT Daily Podcast. I'm Chris Pritchard and my wonderful co-host for this evening, as ever, Steve Plater. Steve. Hey buddy, how You're you doing? I'm alright, how are you? Yeah, it's been a good day mate. It's been a long day but a good one. Sidecar's finally got out. Hey, it's tough. Tough for those guys. You know, they're kind of hanging around all day long until about 20 to 9 at night and they go out for one lap. That's tough. That's a big ask. I know it is. Hey, and tonight's guest. What a guest. The TT's loss is our gain. I mean, the race itself. And I was just commenting on how good his commentary is. It's Davo Johnson. Davo, how are you, mate? Hello, mate. Yeah, it's good to be here. Bad circumstances, but uh, is what it is. And like I say, I'm uh, happy to be commentating with you guys and it's um the next best thing other than racing as steve will bloody tell you <laughs> it's uh it's hard to watch but um yeah i'd rather be doing this with you guys enjoying the race in first hand than uh sort of sitting in the beer tent because that's definitely where i'd be <laughs> <laughs> hey you're doing a mega job like i said on the way down you're doing a mega job on the commentary i think thanks hey yeah. no doing a great job enough for him cam donald and i were talking about it you know he's doing a cracking job and uh, and i believe in paul phillips philosophy of uh, just give him a job to keep him out of the beer tent i <laughs> 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 needed to keep the stock up <laughs> <laughs> right before we get into the action of tonight there's a few things that I want to pick up on. Some big news that happened around. Can the I pa- stop you there, oh, Chris? Sorry can, yeah. to put in, Absolutely. mate. You know, but I've had it on good authority. You know um, that you got your backside kicked entirely this morning cycling. A little bit. How did that work? I thought you were a professional. <laughs> they're strong boys. Even the amateurs out here are whoa, really whoa, whoa, strong. Whoa. I'm not. I didn't ask for an explanation. A yes or a no will suffice. Yes. <laughs> That's a tough pill to swallow, right there, mate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, sir. Sorry, I wish I had some. I wish I had some results from like the 1970s that I could throw throw against Plato when he used to get beat by Giacomo Agostini and uh, Sandra, Sandra Joey Dunlop. <laughs> but I've got nothing. Yeah. Anyway, big news out of the paddock. Uh, Lee Johnston actually lost his vlogging camera. That's big news, isn't it? No way. Yeah. That's his. That's basically his right hand. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I where think, did he lose that? Well, if he knew where he'd lost it, it wouldn't be lost, would it, Dave? Oh. I must agree, you know, it's probably uh, more sacred to him than his missus. <laughs> the first thing she said to me up on the line was, Lee's lost his camera. <laughs> Bless him. Oh, dear. dear so me. there you go. Dave, Dave, uh, Davey Todd, he's been sore, and he's had to... I just literally just saw him as the sidecars are out. He had to run, so he's had a, he had a mechanical up on... Um, was it the Mountain Mile? Yep. He ran from the Mountain Mile. I don't know exactly how far it is, but he ran through the fields to get back to uh, the Gooseneck to try and get home. Yeah, he there's more to it than that, shagged. mate, really. You know, he's out on the out on the big bike and uh, just pumping up the flipping uh, up the Mountain Mile. I had a breakdown. I'm not sure what the reason was, but uh, Hick, uh, not Hickey, sorry, Hutchie was just behind him and he cut out and uh, Hutchie very nearly ran straight in the back of him. Really? That's how dangerous Stavell, so that's how dangerous a flipping TT is, you know, when you're with somebody and, and for, with somebody close. So tough going and fortunately both the guys are all right. And as you say, um, Davey, he had a phone in his pocket, was straight back on the phone to Clive Padgett in, in the paddock. I was with Clive at the time and uh, Clive said, right, he says, uh, can you get back down to the gooseneck? I'll get you picked up by uh, Adam Child. <laughs> He oh, said, brilliant. And, and Chad jumped out on his uh, KTM road bike and shot around to pick him up. But as you said, he had to run 
a long way back down the course. It's all downhill. I don't know what he's moaning there. He's a youngster <laughs> anyway. It actually looked like he slid down some ravines as well. No, he, the back he went, of him was all muddy. And he was wet. on the wrong side of the track, so he had to go through uh, like a little tunnel, one of those little dike tunnel things <laughs> to get through. Well, the, the photographers use it actually when they're crossing over from side to side. Oh, right. So he had to slide through there, cover like himself the in, Redemption. Uh, in muck. That's he, it. He yeah. jumped yeah. Onto, the, on, onto Chad's bike, and Chad's bike's all muddy as on the back of it, <laughs> and it's all down his back as well. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, gets gets picked up by Adam and he just gets covered in crap. Uh, did he get back out in the Super Twin and Super Sport session? Did he not even no, make it No, he just said to that? me just now walking down here, he said, I'm not doing that again. He said, I didn't even flipping get out. So next time I'm staying up, I'm staying up wow. on a mountain mile. So, it, um, it sort of looked like mixed, mixed sort of feelings for him as well when he came in because I was speaking to him about obviously the staying positive and doing a bit this is his fastest ever lap time that he's done but he was very sort of you know he was ticked off that they had that bike problem and I, was, I, I sort of do know it was an engine problem but um, it did stop and it um, yeah he wasn't I mean it's a third night of practice and for engine problems around here is not what you want so very mixed emotions for him obviously happy in one area but very upset in another yeah I was going to say that um, looking at the times Dean uh, Harrison topped the times tonight. He did just, was it 131.7? Yeah, it's close between the two, yeah. both, both 31s. I think seven and a five, somewhere there, which is, you know, it's, it's tight and it's great. I've just, uh, I've just been chatting with Dean, actually. He's in a, seems to be in quite a good place. He's pretty mm -hmm. happy, you know, and um, he rode, he did two laps on his Superbike tonight, two laps on the Stocker, and, no, sorry, two on the Super Sport and one on the Stocker. Seems pretty happy with all three and, uh, yeah, just building, still building a little bit. A little bit uncomfy still. Uh, I'm sure he won't mind me saying this. With uh, he's obviously moved from Metzler to Dunlop tyres for this year, yeah, and he's still adapting, especially to Dunlop front, which is quite different, especially when the temperature low, temperatures are low. Sorry, so he is adapting to that, and, but it'll come. So, it'll what come is the difference time. between that Metzler and that Dunlop? Um, pretty much the Metzler versus the Dunlop. The Dunlop is a much stiffer carcass, uh, stiffer construction, so takes longer for the tyre to start working to its you know uh, best working platform uh, whereas a Metzler or a Pirelli it's the same kind of tyre mm -hmm. really uh, they're a much softer carcass so there's a lot more movement in the tyre they squish and they squash more front and rear um, which means they warm up much faster and you can go instantly from the start line at lap record pace. So what about this um, obviously Dunlop announced that they're not going to allow the riders to use those slicks and they're only on treaded tyres Devo, you'll know this, and as will you, Steve. Like, is that treaded tyre going to limit how fast those boys can go in the super bike race and the senior race or not? I don't think too much because it's a proven tyre at the moment to do 134. That that tyre, the super stock tyre is on 134. That's yeah. a fact. That's been done. But, um, you know, when if they've put a softer compound in and they're going to obviously be able to change a tyre, a rear tyre every pit stop, it's... I know. I don't know what you think, Steve. But I, I think a 135 is on the cards with a superbike. You know the way that uh, the extra power and the way it handles, because it's a super stock bike. This done 134 with those tires, so yeah. that's possible. So can can that little bit more happen? I think so. Yeah. Listen. You know, for me at the moment we're at 131. You know, if you was back here in 2019, the last TT, that would have been laughed at with the, with a lot that times they was doing then so they're all still building and that's not taking the mickey out of anybody's yeah you know quality well, even at this class. time in 2019 because 2019 had no had the 2019 was bad weather through yeah. this week so you but know were they, they, that, were they up to speed then or they not? very quickly click of the finger got on the on a big pace but my point being is you know they're all learning again they're all you know i've spoken to quite a few of the riders tonight in pit lane in between 
in between the sessions and they're feeling like they're a passenger on the bike still. They're not feeling in control. You know, they're not pushing too hard. They're building, building, building. And if they you know, if they can keep practice going the way it is, um, you know, the forecast is great for the rest of the week, I believe. Um, the guys are going to keep building, and, but I don't believe they'll get on a proper pace until the senior, the last superbike race. I really don't, because it's going to take that long for the guys to get their eyes in, get get happy, get enough rubber down on the course to, for them to feel comfy and to get the feel and feedback from the tyres and, and push. Just to finish off there, yeah. sorry, Davo, from what you said, obviously, with the Dunlops, you know, I fully agree with you, mate. Obviously, then the, the rear slick is banned. You can use a slick front if you wish, but the rear slick is banned. Um, so I believe those Dunlop rear tyres will be plenty good enough to be competitive against any other tyre manufacturer out there. Would you throw a slick in with a treaded tyre in the back or not? A lot of them are using the, uh, yep. the slick front. 100%, yeah. 100% oh, right. I would. Yeah, I've yeah. done it many a time before at, at different um, kind of races from short circuit mainly, but mainly world endurance, you know, in different conditions. Oh, yeah. right, okay. And it, so does, it does work. So far they are, aren't they? The, yeah. the guys that are doing it properly, like... Uh, they are doing the, the slick front yep. with the treader rear, yeah. Yep. Something <clears> else I noticed, going back to Lee Johnston, he was one of the few, if not the only rider from the top, let's say, 10, 12 riders that took his super sport bike out first, where everybody else went out on the um, on the super bikes or, or the super stockers. Do you think he's, um, we've spoke to him about it a few times, really focusing on that super sport race, I more think, so than everything else? I think you're right, Chris. You know, I think, well, I... Yeah, that that's his priority. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that, or that's where he feels the most confident he can go out and beat all the big names. Because you know we spoke before about this, and in my opinion, that w- will be the most competitive class uh, here at the Isle of Man TT in 2022, uh, all the way through the field. It's a real strong depth, some really good bikes all the way down, and, and I don't know what you think, Dave, but I think it's probably going to be the toughest one to call to a certain degree. Yeah, well, um, like I said, Lee went out on that on the Super Sport bike and. He, you know, it, it's sort of debatable whether or not he even cares about the superbike. I know he's been on the podium before in Superstock, but um, Supersport is, that's where he, you know, he loves that bike so much. He's at the top of the British Championship, or the front of the British Championship. And, um, yeah, I think, well, even Superbike, I don't even think he's got a full Superbike as such. So he's, he's not putting his efforts into that. It's more so the Supersport bike's 100% where he wants to win. And then you got his super stock bike where he can be competitive if if he gets out of the bed the right side of space because that podium that he got was pretty unbelievable all those years ago. But um, yeah, whether or not he wants to focus on that is another story. But 100, percent it was, was it 600. Where 15, is that? 2015 was that or 13? I can't remember. It would be after 13. Might even ah uh, 15. Might even be 16. 16. It's around there somewhere. Yeah. Ah, right. I can't remember breakfast this morning, let alone flipping. Is that because you went out last night? And got absolutely hammered. <laughs> Not again. again. Yeah, that was my invite. You know what? Because you <laughs> lot are working me so hard, I had a full day of it all day, and I popped the shop on the way home and got a sandwich. Went back to the hotel, had a pint, and went to bed. Oh, it's so hard done <laughs> by. Billy, Billy, no mates. Oh, Steve. <laughs> you know and for all you listening, all you listeners out there, believe me, I bought my own pint. <laughs> Did you? Oh, yeah. well, that's unusual for what I do. <laughs> I thought you were like that's right. I learned my trade because you're my heroes. I don't. I don't take my wallet anywhere because I said that's what Steve Plater does. <laughs> Finishing off on the Super Sport though, Michael Dunlop topped the uh, top the timesheets. What did he get? One. Um, let me have a look here. Twenty five. One twenty five nine. So yeah, basically yeah. one twenty six. Lee was at a one twenty four. Hey, listen. You know, I shouted 
Michael is one of the favourites as well for the Super Sport. Yeah, I, did, yeah. In my opinion, you know, Dave would have been obviously watching the Northwest 200. Um, Michael's result didn't really prove what a good ride it was, yeah. you know. And, and obviously, he's a, that, that was his first ever TT win on Super Sport. He loves the class. He's got a great package, great bike, and so on. However, so have many others. So he'll have to be pushing hard without doubt, you know. He yeah. really will. And then the twins, first time out for Hickey on the Super Twin. He did, I think he did a 118, then um, Jamie Coward beat him, and Jamie Coward's fastest. Again, I spoke to Jamie earlier. He's putting all. He's not necessarily putting all his eggs in that basket, but he's certainly feeling more confident and more capable that he, he can take a victory in the Super Twin. And he was saying that he's, his Superbike, like you mentioned earlier, he said, I don't know how to explain it, but it's basically trying to kill me. That's the way he, he, he put it. It was, um, like you say, you've got to get your eye in, you've got to get that set up ready, but... When you're focusing on the super twin, does he really care? Is he just going to ride around this on the superbike for a result and put all his eggs in that basket for the super twin? Yeah, I think you know, um, without doubt, you know, we've spoken about it, especially on the podcast when when uh, when when Jamie was a was a guest. Um, it's certainly his favourite class, a little bit like Lee Johnston on the Supersport. That's his favourite class. However, you know, long term, because he's still quite a youngster, and long term, he will be desperately trying to get up on the pace more with the super bike you know yeah. because that's where the future is oh, i think he's capable but, but for now he you know he came so close uh last time with the super twin he'll be desperate to get that tt win under his belt and then move on to bigger things for sure and his super bike seemed that was a yamaha super he's actually the fastest yamaha super bike right around here um he's 130.8 i think and um, for him to get back up to that pace seems to be a drama. I know my teammate, James Hillier, he's also working the bike out, changing a lot of things to make it stable and also the front wheel down uh, on the superbike. It's a lot of horsepower. So it's not straightforward for him on the superbike. Jamie uh, Cowell would be in the same boat with that, trying to get it right. But 100% is, the, uh, is a small bike guy. But it's strange because he's not, he's not a uh, small guy. Uh, but he no. seems to ride those little bikes so well. And um, 600 as well, but yeah, definitely for the Super Twin, uh, he went out quite good. But a lot of the guys in that, uh, the definitely second lap of the Super Twin, got sort of hindered with the um, red flag situation, and there was a few yellows and people cruising around. So um, that might have played an, uh, a bit of the part of the a lot of the the speeds for people's second laps for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Jamie Cow definitely looking strong though from everything I saw, as did um, Peter Hickman. So explain this one to me um, and the people that might have watched the, the live stream. Um, it wasn't red flagged the session, but it was, It was. how did they term it? Was it all flagged? Yeah, I call it an all, uh, an all red, uh, an all flagged red. An all fla- <laughs> Either way, it was, a, it was a red flag. It confused the crap out of me also. Yeah. And uh, they kept uh, saying in the comms that I was saying it wrong, but um, it was, if there's a red flag in the, at the start here, then they'll let everybody finish their lap past the incident. Right. Um, yeah. So, and uh, even so, they might have let people with a wave yellow pass the incident, go through, and the then incident. carry on. So that's where the the speeds would have been a bit down mm-hmm. because they would have come and slowed right down with the wave yellow. If you see a wave yellow around here, you know exactly what it's like, Steve. You've really got to be prepared to see. Uh, I mean, to see some stuff on the track. So you've yeah. got to make sure you slow right down. If you don't, then it's you're just a uh, danger to everybody. So um, you got to slow right down, get through the incident, and then finish the lap. Yeah, it's a tough one, mate. It is because it's really, it's a really hard one to try and manage for the clerk of the course because you know if there's an incident on on the course, it's not just obviously debris from a bike or or a problem or maybe some substance down or 
could be a marshal in the road helping a rider. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you just have to tr kind of expect the unexpected mm -hmm. and try and get through that section to go green again and, and crack on. But you then, know, yeah, once forget one, the lap time. Yeah, once the riders are past that, they can at least get back yeah. up to speed and, you got it, mate. and yeah. kind of carry on practicing and, and doing what they need you know, to and do. Obviously, uh, capitalize on using it just as practice, of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, the sidecars are out. Probably the Birchalls are smashing it. They only got one lap in. I'd love to say I've got some news on it, but they're literally finishing as we speak. So shall we? Shall we just let's have some predictions, shall we? Do you think hey, the Birchalls mate, nailed well, it? Davo, Davo's just going to check on his phone as as we speak and I'll oh, waffle on a little bit. But yeah, I mean, you know, they've been doing a lot of work. Um, I, had a, I did an interview with them earlier, actually, on the on the TV job on the TT Plus channel, and. Um, uh, they're, they're quite confident, you know. Obviously, there's a new system on their on their outfit this year. Uh, the final drive's quite different. They've got two separate chains on there, giving it more travel and more 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 ease of throttle opening. Really, um, it's proven to be very successful so far on the uh, short circuits testing. But obviously, the Alaman TT course is a different animal, so they mm -hmm. need mileage as well. You know, we've also got Molly. He missed his lap times yep. uh, from Sunday because they, they missed yesterday as well. So he's only actually had a lap taking the newcomers around. Mm -hmm. So he's desperate to capitalise on as much time as he possibly can. Um, you know, and various others. You've got to remember the newcomers. Harry uh, Payne. Harry Payne, you know, he's been fastest. doing a great job so far, of course. Mm -hmm. But you've got Craig Curry. There's, there's quite a few newcomers this year yeah. on the on the sidecar game. Um, and they've only really had a lap and a half, you know. And that's without the French duo. I can't remember their names, bless them. Number 39 yep. in the programme. They spun out and clipped the Armco barrier at uh, uh, Parliament Square where I was standing. They only had half a lap. So you yeah. know, they're trying to get in as much track time as they possibly can just to flipping cash in. But hey, it's a tough one. Davo, you got news <laughs> for us? Yeah, well, it was uh, most of the way around the lap. It was the Birchall brothers that were leading the way. And... Uh, can't quite see on this. I had to screenshot it to be honest, but uh, yeah, it was. It looks like the Crow uh, Crow brothers were in in that third spot. So yeah, pretty well. Situation is normal in the super, in the sidecars, but that wasn't a complete lap. It hasn't actually come up yet on the on the did, timing screen. Did the Crow brothers get out in the first session? Because I didn't see their time. They did. They broke down at Kurt uh, Michael. Right, that's it right. It was a little simple problem, uh, electrical problem with the bike that they had to um, yeah pull over at Kurt Michael, but. Yeah, they're out there and going strong in the second It's funny, you know, just on that, because obviously they've been massively lacking in track time so far mm -hmm. with, with the stoppages and so on, <coughs> through no fault of their own. But, um, you know, they're kind of... The problem is with the sidecars, oh, it's not a problem. Uh, their race is three laps non-stop. Yeah. Probably 38 kilograms of fuel on the, on the, on the machines, you know, as well as the two... Uh, the, the passenger driver on the passenger, yeah. so it's a massive task. Um, but because they don't pit during the race, none of the teams have fire suits, so they can't do more than two laps really mm -hmm. uh, in practice without having to put fuel in. Yeah. So it's a very difficult one. Um, so you, let's say you could start them first, let them do one or two laps, let all the solos go in between solo sessions, and then run them at the end. Yeah. But the problem is, if a sidecar goes out first and breaks down at the mountain. It's a massive task oh, yeah. to tow that outfit off the mountain and takes an awful lot of time. So it's a real tough decision for the clerk of the course to make sure they can get as much track time to keep those boys safe as well for the for the coming up first race. Yeah, of course, you know, yeah. It's be good, so it's, it's a tough one, it really is. And one thing I did see was it was quite foggy up on the mountain there on that sidecar lap as well, so that would have hindered the, the speeds anyway as I was going across the mountain. That mm -hmm. was a little a bit of footage I saw on Twitter 
But uh, yeah, it was, well, that's never good, is it? <laughs> when you get there, but it can be perfect down here. You get to the mountain and you all of a sudden you can't see anything, which it wasn't quite that bad, but it was definitely an issue up there for the sidecars. I just want to say, you know, last night, obviously it was stopped early. You know, we was chatting, it was red flagged and finished mm-hmm. early last night. But I just want to let everybody know, you know, that hasn't seen anywhere. There was actually five crashes last night, but all five of those are good to go and uh, no real problems at all. Uh, three out of the five uh, are fit enough to ride straight away and the other two are going to give it a miss tonight and maybe tomorrow night then get back on when the swelling's gone down and stuff so it's a real you know considering the negative it was a real positive end to the, to the evening yeah really. I saw uh, I saw the interview with Sam West on the uh, yeah. on the um, live stream and yeah Sam's and just bike. got Sam's got stitches in the back of his left hand yeah you know um, he just hasn't got a bike anymore yeah, well, he's borrowed one. Well, yeah. he, he's borrowed one to build, and he's probably going to miss tomorrow as well. Let the swelling go down. I've been chitting and chatting because I've had some big injuries like that on, mm-hmm. on my arm as well. And I said, you've got to sleep all night for a couple of nights with your arm in the air to get the, all the fluid out of your hand and your arm and get it back and, you know, back down to your heart to to capitalize on that and to, to free the movement and so on. So, you know, that, that was Sam. That was Laurel Bank. Um, and then the Dutchman um, was up on the mountain. He crashed at the twenty seventh milestone, mm-hmm. but was okay. Yeah. Was was taken off to, to to hospital, and the session carried on actually because he was out the way and he could be tended to fine safely out the way. That that was fine. Um, Michael Sweeney, he crashed at length milestone, same place as Hutchie a couple of years ago on the on the Honda. He just cruised past on a scooter, <laughs> did he? <laughs> Which I was like, wow, he just it. got out of hospital straight on a scooter. Again, he messaged me earlier, he, he's missed tonight, but he's looking good to go for tomorrow. Brilliant news. Um, another Irish rider, James uh, Chalk, he crashed outside the pub, Union Mills, but he got up and walked away straight away, so that was, no, that was no problem. And the fifth rider, I can't remember what his name is, I didn't even know it, that this had happened, but uh, but again, he was another one that got up and walked away, so it was a real positive night. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, a lot of crashes, but like you say, yeah. great to see everybody up and about, and, uh, and they'll be back there tomorrow. Yeah. Right, let's wrap it up, gents. You what, Steve? I I did have my hair cut, yes. <laughs> did you know what you said? Did I've been you know waiting for someone to... No, <laughs> oh. I've been waiting for someone to notice my hair. Did you... I was going to say, how did you get those sides right by yourself? Did you, have your, did you have your beard bleached as well? While Shut up. All right, I was only asking. Simple no, question. it's still grey. <laughs> and it gets grey <laughs> by the day when I have to hang around with you. Distinguished. <laughs> Distinguished. Distinguished. Yeah. Anyway. I know some good words, eh? <laughs> Listen, I've heard some of your good words. Uh, no, not for the podcast, please. I'm definitely glad they haven't brought any of them out in the commentary. How, how the hell has that or nearly do that? <laughs> I'm doing a good job. I've got to touch wood on that so I don't let's, swear hey, in public. Let's, let's wrap it up now, Dave, because you're getting, I'm you're getting excited. Say it eventually. We've, we've done pretty well to get 20 minutes of you with no swearing. Yeah. Well done. Dave, thanks very much. Cheers, mate. Keep it's doing a great good. job thank in the commentary much. booth. Steve, guess I'll see you tomorrow. Tip top, Dave. Chris, thank you very much. <laughs>